the pain was just as excruciating as before, but the mental pain was probably that times a thousand. Welcome to Setback Stories. I'm Chelsea, your host, here today to bring you on an adventure full of lessons and stories about me, my guests, and the times we've had to move backwards before moving forwards. So, whether you're exercising, commuting to work, or have some free time, we hope you enjoy the episode. My name is Chelsea. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm super nervous, but super excited to be recording the very first episode of Setback Stories. Today, I'm going to be talking about what I'd like to consider my major setback story. And if you don't know what that setback is, it's the time I tore my ACL and everything that led up to me returning to the field of Ultimate. I'd just like to preface that this story spans a length of two and a half years, starting from November 2017 up until March 2020. To put that in context, the story takes place mid-grade 12 up until mid-second year of university or when the COVID-19 pandemic really escalated and changed everyone's lives around the world. So it's a long story, but I hope you stay with me and here we go. In November 2017, I was playing at an alternate tournament and I was catching a disc from my teammate and I jumped maybe two inches off the ground but somehow still landed very improperly on my left knee. I was in a lot of pain, I was on the ground, but luckily there was a physiotherapist on site. The physio was able to check my knee, check the ligaments, and apparently there were no red flags. I just rested for one game and the physio said that I could go back on the field if I was feeling okay. I took a lap around the field, I was taped up in KT tape, and I told myself that I was good to go, but in reality I wasn't. Anyways, I returned to the field for the following game, and I made a cut, and before you know it, my left knee popped, it gave way, and I collapsed to the ground again. Luckily, the physio was still there, they checked all my ligaments, there were still no red flags. Given how excruciating the pain was by the second time I injured myself, I decided not to play anymore. However, I was only able to half limp, half walk for the remainder of the day. Didn't think too much of it. I think I went to shoppers and got a knee brace. Pretty much slept on it. Next day, I could not straighten my leg. It was pretty agonizing to straighten my leg. So I decided to go to a walk-in doctor. The walk-in doctor pretty much just gave me the classic rehab advice of RICE, the acronym RICE, which stands for rest, ice, compress, and elevate. Before he discharged me, I had to ask him if he suspected an ACL tear. At that time, I had no idea what it was. I just knew that it was a pretty serious injury that oftentimes required surgery. He told me, oh, an ACL tear? I didn't think of that. So he checked the ligaments. He was like, nah, you're good. If anything, he ordered me an ultrasound, which didn't really show anything. The next day was a school day. I was really fortunate to attend a high school that had its own physiotherapist. When I saw the physiotherapist, they did all the necessary tests needed to check for red flags, that is ligament tears, I believe. And they had diagnosed my injury as a hamstring tear. So lots of my rehab entailed, well, first of all, a break from ultimate, but also lots of hamstring exercises. And although this this was a misdiagnosis in hindsight, it was actually really good that I was strengthening my hamstring because hamstring strength was pretty much needed before I went into surgery. But I'll talk about that later in the episode. 
from October 2017 to January 2018, I was not playing Ultimate, but I was doing a lot of physio to achieve full range of motion, which I did, and to strengthen my legs. I'd just like to mention that I didn't really have that much swelling to begin with, and I say this because another big hint of an ACL tear is that there is bare swelling, but I didn't have any of that. The only lingering symptom that I did have even after three months of physio was the sharp pain in my left knee whenever I kneeled back and sat on my heels. It was very strange, but my physio was still convinced that it was a hamstring tear. By January 2018, I slowly returned to Ultimate. I obviously wasn't giving it my all. Psychologically, I was scared of injuring myself again. But one game, I pretty much talked myself into trying harder, running faster, making harder cuts. I told myself, Chelsea, girl, you've been doing physio for three months. You've been so dedicated. Your physio believes in you. I think it's time to start trusting your body and making sharper cuts. So one game in an intermediate league, I made a harder, sharper cut, and before you know it, I was in the exact same position as I was back in November 2017, where my left knee had popped and collapsed. The pain was just as excruciating as before, but the mental pain was probably that times a thousand, given that this was what I was fearing so much for so long. Anyways, next day was school day. was able to see my physio again. They did all the necessary tests to check for red flag injuries. I tested negative again, but this time I had a different diagnosis. My school physio now believed that I had a popliteus strain, and if you don't know, a popliteus is just this, this muscle just at the back of the knee. My rehab, I guess, was accommodated to fit this new diagnosis, but from what I can remember, it included a lot of hamstring strengthening and quad strengthening. So at this point, I'm very frustrated at the fact that my knee wasn't getting better. I started feeling suspicious as to whether or not it was truly a hamstring tear or a popliteus strain. So I decided to get a second opinion from another physio. So by February 2018, I met with a new physio. I pretty much told this physio everything that I've been telling you, the listeners. You know, they did an assessment, they checked all the ligaments, kept testing negative, and they actually agreed with the diagnosis of a popliteus strain. So I was given some exercises and I committed to them for a few weeks. By the next follow-up appointment with this physio, They noticed that I didn't make any progress, and at that point, they recommended I book an appointment with a sports med physician. By March 2018, I was able to see the sports med doctor, and they checked all my knee ligaments, and of course, they took my medical history. I tested negative for all those special tests necessary to diagnose any ligament strains, sprains, or tears. But the only reason she had suspected an ACL tear was because of my medical history and the fact that I said that my left knee popped twice and gave way twice. Because she wasn't 100% sure, she ordered me an MRI and booked me a consultation with an orthopedic surgeon. When I walked out of that appointment, I was... I don't know if I cried, but I do remember feeling emotionally numb because my biggest fear was requiring surgery. I remember when I initially popped my knee back in November 2017, being like, oh crap, I really hope I don't need surgery. A tendency that I have is catastrophizing, which is definitely a cognitive distortion that I am trying to work on. But yeah, pretty much my worst nightmare was well on its way to becoming true. 
but at that point, it was just a matter of waiting. A few days later, they called me back and my MRI date was set for May 24th, 2018. So it was two months away at this point. I was really glad that it wasn't any later because my hope was to get the MRI as soon as possible, get the surgery after high school graduation so that I could work on rehab during the summer right before I moved to university across the country. I forget who told me about this tip on receiving an MRI sooner. I was pretty much advised to keep calling the hospital back to see if any other patient had canceled their MRI and to just get the MRI sooner. I should also mention that in Canada, there is a two-tiered healthcare system in which you can obtain an MRI either privately by paying out of pocket or publicly, which means that it's totally covered by the provincial healthcare system. So I didn't want to pay like $1,000 or however much money when I could have gotten it for free via the wait list. But anyways, yes, so I called back the hospital twice. The first time I called them, I was able to move up my MRI date from May 17th, and then I called again and I was able to get it on April 1st, which was Easter Sunday, I believe. I didn't care that it was a long weekend. I was just so happy that I was able to bypass two months of waiting. I'm just so fortunate that I was able to save so much time. I went to the hospital, got the scan. I didn't receive the results until the following week. So while I was waiting, I was obviously still in the dark about what the heck was wrong with my knee, but I was really happy that I was well on my way there to finally get some answers. Two days later, I actually participated and played in a high school ultimate tournament. I was playing very carefully, probably still dangerously because I compensated a lot on my healthy leg, which probably could have injured that more. Thankfully, nothing catastrophic happened, but I was in a knee strap and a lot of KT tape. So visibly, you could tell that something was wrong with me. And at the tournament, my teammate's mom was there who happened to be a doctor. So she was very curious as to what was going on with my knee. And I told her how I was waiting for my MRI results and how the sports med doctor suspected an ACL tear. And at that point, it was just a matter of waiting. Turns out her son experienced the exact same injury, got the diagnosis as an ACL tear, got the surgery, and is well on his way to playing ultimate again, actually. And she told me if the results come back as positive, that is, if I did show an ACL tear on my MRI, that she could help refer me to her son's knee surgeon. So that was a very, very kind of her. I am so fortunate that things worked out that way because I actually did end up seeing her son's knee surgeon, who happened to be the number one orthopedic surgeon in the city, according to Rate My MD. So that was pretty dope. I see the sports med doctor a week later and it's confirmed. He was right, I had an ACL tear. I actually have the diagnostic report right in front of me and it says that whoever signed this, which I believe is a doctor, suspects, and I quote, there is a high-grade partial tear of the ACL with a few intact fibers noted. At my appointment, I actually was able to see the MRI scan. I actually have a copy of it, so maybe one day I can post it on shoutout at setbackstories on Instagram. So yeah, my worst nightmare had finally come true, but I was so relieved because after almost like half a year of waiting and experiencing uncertainty, like I had an answer and I finally had a game plan of moving forward. That is finding a surgeon, doing the surgery, and doing lots of physio. I contacted my teammate's mom for referral, was able to see the surgeon for consultation within a week. A lot of things were happening way faster than I could have imagined, which I'm so thankful for. I remember being in the doctor's office of the 
knee surgeon and I remember trying to prep my story but that was really not needed because well first of all I had an MRI scan that pretty much confirmed the injury but second of all the knee surgeon when he saw me he did a special test on my knee and he was like yep that is definitely an ACL tear and I was so baffled because I had seen the on-site physiotherapist a walk-in doctor my school physiotherapist the physiotherapist who I saw for a second opinion and a sports med doctor who all did special test yet none tested positive and I had this knee surgeon telling me that I did have an ACL tear within 10 seconds. Well I kind of get it because like this is his area of expertise like repairing ACLs and stuff. Sometimes I wish how much turmoil and frustration I could have saved if I saw him first but you know what I can't blame myself. I had never dealt with an injury like this so it's a great learning opportunity to you know advocate for my health. So I was really nervous about the knee surgeon's availability because I recognize that he is a very well-known top doctor in the city, right? So when I asked him when I could do surgery, he was like, whenever you want, we could do it within a week from now, even if you want. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not expecting the wait list to be that free. And as much as I wanted everything to go as quickly as possible, I also recognized that there were some special events happening towards the end of high school, that is prom and graduation. And I still wanted to be able to wear heels and have full mobility on those special days. So I decided to wait and have surgery right a week after graduation, that is on June 27th, 2018. So pretty much May 2018 was full of prehab, prehab, prehab. As I mentioned earlier, even though that the initial diagnosis, which was a hamstring tear, was incorrect, I'm still grateful in some ways to have had that diagnosis because I did do a lot of hamstring strengthening exercises, which I would have had to anyways to prepare for surgery. I opted for a hamstring tendon autograph to replace my ACL, so it was very important that I strengthened those muscles and tendons before going into surgery. June 27th, 2018 rolls around. Surgery day was a success. I was on a nerve block and some hardcore painkillers. And I remember waking up from surgery and my doctor, the surgeon telling me that it was a completely torn ACL and a part of my meniscus was actually torn. So they had also performed a partial meniscectomy. So that just kind of goes to show how the MRI scan doesn't really reveal everything about what's actually happening inside the knee because the diagnostic report had also said that my meniscus was intact when it really wasn't. By day three post-op, I started physiotherapy. And I actually continued seeing my school physiotherapist from June to August. I should also mention that I attended high school in Toronto and currently attend university in Vancouver. So at some point I had to change physios just geographically. In total, I actually worked with three different physios from June 2018 up till December 2019. From June to August, like I said, was working with my school physio. We did a lot of work on range of motion and getting that flexion of the knee along with returning to walking, which was very important for a university considering how huge a university campus can be. And when I flew to Vancouver, I actually didn't take all my suitcases with me. My parents were kind enough to come the week after because they were busy the week of I flew out to bring all the heavy suitcases. And I was also very fortunate to fly with my friend Sarah was able to carry my heavy bags to my dorm. Even though I was able to walk, I wasn't the fastest at walking and my knee would sometimes buckle at the two-month post-op mark. I guess my knees were just not the strongest and I just had to be very careful. 
And I was also still wearing my post-op knee brace because of the buckling. All right, so once I moved to Vancouver, I found a new physiotherapist to do a lot of return to sport work. We worked a lot on strength training, plyometrics, and indoor cutting for around eight months since the school year spanned from September all the way up until April, which concluded first year. So after first year, I flew back to Toronto and I was back in Vancouver by July because I opted for summer school. So I didn't think it was worth it trying to find a physio between April and July, considering I was gonna go back to Vancouver anyways. So I just kind of continued all the exercises that my return to sport physio had given me during first year. July comes around and I was on my way to a new physio who actually specialized in on-field physiotherapy. My return to sport physio actually referred me to this on-field physio because he works a lot with athletes who have undergone the same surgery. We worked a lot on agility, cutting on grass, contact, landing, and many of my appointments was with another client of his who actually underwent the same injury, same surgery. So it was nice having a buddy system to keep each other accountable. And it just made a lot of the drills more fun. So I stuck with my on-field physiotherapist for six months from July to December. Reason being is because I got cleared by December 2019 to officially play Ultimate. What's interesting though is I was actually cleared by my surgeon to play Ultimate again in June 2019, which was six months prior to when my physiotherapist cleared me. And the reason why I didn't return to Ultimate right after my surgeon cleared me was because I understand that as amazing as surgeons are what they do, I also recognize that physiotherapists are the experts in rehab. And I never think that it's a bad idea to give myself and my body more time to recover and just get stronger in general. I'd rather not rush things and risk a re-tear. I did start playing Ultimate before I got clearance from my physio in December. I actually started playing Ultimate in either September 2019 or October 2019. Whenever when university Ultimate Intramurals start started, I was on a tier 2 team, so the games weren't that competitive, which was kind of nice because I loki forgot how to play ultimate and i didn't want to push mine myself too hard because like i mentioned i didn't gain clearance from my physio until december 2019. eventually i got moved up to tier one so games were getting a lot harder i was able to run faster well i was kind of forced to run faster it was nice to challenge myself a little bit more and just start trusting my body again because i did pass the clearance test for my surgeon and my physio and I was also playing with a Don Joy Defiance knee brace. I know there's a lot of controversy between whether or not knee braces actually work to prevent a re-tear, which is probably one of my biggest fears, but I could definitely attest to the fact that it helps with the psychological factor of, you know, the fear of tearing it again, just knowing that I have kind of... I don't even know if it's extra support because I don't know if it's real. Just knowing that there's something else there that's holding my, my surgical knee in place kind of gives me some confidence to play again and not worry so much. And I would say that my story concludes at March 2020 because that was when I played a game, a game or two, where I finally felt quote-unquote normal or as if I had never torn my ACL again. And that feeling is so liberating. I just wish that Corona didn't have to happen so that I could have played more games. So obviously with the escalation of the COVID-19 pandemic, schools had to close, universities 
students went home. Obviously, since ultimate intramurals are the least of importance during a pandemic, those were canceled as well. I flew back to Toronto and my quarantine began. So where am I today? Well, today is October 6th. We are still in quarantine, and I would say a lot of things have happened, not only in the world, but also to my knee. I would definitely not say that it was as strong as it was before going into quarantine. Pre-COVID, I would say that I was probably in the strongest shape of my life, except for endurance-wise, because I just hate cardio. I tried to change that this summer, but unfortunately, I got a concussion, so that held me back on a lot of my exercises and rehab. And as a result of getting injured elsewhere in my body, you know, the closures of gyms and the lack of access to equipment, I didn't really keep up much of my strength training. Therefore, both of my quads have actually atrophied. They've definitely shrunk, and I know that they have shrunk not only because they look a lot smaller, but just during random times of the day, my left knee will throb and it's painful. So I feel like that's just an indicator that my muscles are getting weaker and hence there's pain. But I'm not too worried because after the surgery, like my left quad really shrank and I was still able to gain a lot of muscle after surgery. So I'm sure that if I can lose muscle and gain it, I can lose muscle again and then gain it back again. Of course, there are bigger things going on in the world to worry about. So I can always wait to play ultimate one day again, but... Of course, I do want to take care of my body during these hard times, and I believe I am on my way there. So, why is my story a setback? Well, it's a setback for a lot of reasons. Primarily, I've just missed out on a lot of opportunities. Because of my injury, I was sidelined from my senior year of high school ultimate. And because I got the surgery in the summer, I also missed out on my final season of playing club ultimate as a junior. When I headed off to university, I also couldn't try out for my university's ultimate team, nor participate in intramurals. Even though I was a few months post-op, as I've illustrated, the ACL recovery journey takes a really, really long time. For anyone who has played a team sport before, y'all know how fun it can be to develop those relationships with your teammates and coaches, and even with yourself just as an athlete. And of course, I definitely miss out on those opportunities as well. As sad as I am from missing out on so, so much, I am still really grateful for having undergone this whole recovery journey because it has taught me so much. I have learned how to advocate for my health. I have learned how to find a support system that works for me. Shout out at acl.rcbry on Instagram or hashtag the ACL club. And I've also learned how to find the silver lining in setbacks. And these are actually topics for the upcoming episodes. I hope to take a deeper dive into these lessons so that I can give you, the listeners, some tools for the next time you encounter a difficult experience, challenge, or setback. Regardless of whether or not you've torn your ACL, we all experience setbacks. I just hope that this podcast can, you know, create some community, give you skills, and also just help everyone feel a little less lonely in their own recovery journeys, setback journeys, whatever. I'm really excited to embark on this new journey that is podcasting with my friends Kendra and Madison. And sure, so stay tuned for other podcast episodes featuring me, my friends, and health professionals. Okay, take care everyone. Bye! Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Setback Stories. 
we're always looking for new topics and guests to bring on the show and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at setbackstories or email us at setbackstories at gmail.com. Finally, we're seeking ways to grow and improve our podcasting game. If you can, please leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so that you will never miss a bi-weekly episode from yours truly. I'd also like to give credits to my team, co-producer and co-writer Madison Wong and technical producer and editor Kendra Tam. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes and I can't thank you two enough. Till next time! Sorry, I'm itching my eye, Kendra. Is this recording? Oh, thank God.